we've been joined at the hip since she was born. <laughs> I always have her with me. I'm the kind of person where people always said, when you have a child, it's going to change your life and you're not going to be able to do the things that you used to do. And da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, okay. Literally, she was, I'm an actress. I was back on stage, I think when she was seven months, seven, eight months. And literally I'm doing tech rehearsal and I'm holding her, feeding her bottle while I'm doing tech rehearsal on stage. There's been times where I couldn't get a babysitter the day of the show and we're taking turns while I'm on stage, somebody's watching her in the dressing room and then I come off stage and then I've brought her out for curtain calls. If she's here, she comes out with me. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? About 24 million children in the United States are living in single-parent households. That seems like a large number to me, but the reality, at least from my perspective, is that as long as there is love in their home, that's really all that matters. My guest today is Ronnie Graham. She herself is a single mother, but she is kind of special because she's not just a single mom. She's a single mom living with multiple sclerosis. She's going to share her perspective from that vantage point, which again, I'm sure we will listen and we will feel the love that this mother and daughter duo have for each other. Let's chat it up with Ronnie. Hi, thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. It's my pleasure. So all you Thrivers out there will know that we took great measures to be here with you today. So, you know, this podcasting thing has some technical difficulties sometimes, but we are here and we are ready to chat. And Ronnie, please, will you start us off with your diagnosis story? Yes. So I was diagnosed 13 years ago. As soon as I turned 30, like right before, it was like, oh, so your body just falls apart when you turn 30. <laughs> my first symptoms were I had numbness and my spinal cord separated the numbness from like left side, right side of my body. So it first went up my right leg and then it went up my torso and it went towards my neck and then it went away. And then a month later, the left side happened the same exact way. Then I went to the beach. It was one hot April day and we're beach people. So I went to the beach. The water was still cold. So when I got in the water, it felt like knives were stabbing my leg to the point where I couldn't get in the water. I was like, what is this? And then I was trying to get on the freeway here in Philadelphia and I turned around to see the traffic and I had double vision. 
So I went to my doctor who was our family doctor. He was my grandmother's doctor, my aunt's doctor. So he's known me since I was little all my life. And so I went to him and he tested me for my thyroid and diabetes and all the stuff that has the common nerve conditions attached to it. And everything came back negative. And so he was like, oh, God, I hope you don't have MS. And I'm like, what's, what's that? And he was like, acting like it was so detrimental. <laughs> I was like, what, what is that? And so then they gave me MRIs and they saw the lesions on my brain, my neck and my spinal cord. And so from there, I started with Copaxin, which is the shot every day because I work with children and all of the other ones had flu-like symptoms, side effects. And yeah. I work with kids, so I can't have, I can't be sick all the time. So I chose Copaxin. I just said, just, I'll do the shot every day. And yeah, that's how I got diagnosed. You've been on Copaxone this whole time? No. Okay. No. What are you taking now? I am on Okravich now. Okravich. Okay. Yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, people have been bringing up the Copaxone lately, and most people start with that. It's supposedly the easy thing, and the insurance likes it, and you get to fail at it first once. But yeah, nobody really loves any DMT, actually. So anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you're feeling now. What's going on with your body lately? Oh, I'm great now. I'm great now. My symptoms now is still my balance. Like I still struggle with balance, but work on that every day through working out. Towards when I'm needing my dose, like mm -hmm. I'll get, if I put my head down, I'll get tingling down my neck and like the top of my spine, like yeah. where my shoulder is. I get tremors. I'll get that every now and then. But that's pretty much it. The numbness in my fingertips and my toes have subsided. So pretty good. Pretty good. That's excellent to hear. But I know that you're always working on things because I see you in the gym. You're like a gym rat. No? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what got you there? So I was always in the gym but not consistent. Always, maybe I would get how everyone else does. You know, you get a stint of three months and then you just fall off and life happens, work happens, and then you come back and then you got. So I've always, I've been in the gym for years, but never like this. When I got diagnosed, the doctor, I remember him telling me, the stronger you are, the better you can fight the disease. And I didn't know what he meant by that, but because... I had some type of muscle mass and I have a little bit of strength. Mm. When I go through my relapses after I had my daughter, I didn't need a cane, but I was pretty close. I was pretty close to needing a cane after I had my daughter. But I guess from my strength, I was able to limp around and drag around my left leg <laughs> because it was numb. So yeah. I was just dragging my leg around until I was able to get stable. But what happened, what made me really get into it where I am now is at, right after I got COVID. So I got COVID, of course, as soon as the world shut down. So mm. back when it was, you get COVID or, and you die. Like it was back then. It wasn't, oh, you take your elderberry and you take your sea moss and you'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> COVID and you die. So, and I knew it. It was like, I said, watch, I'm gonna get it. I know I'm gonna get it. And literally the world shut down March 13th. And I think I got COVID March 29th. Okay. And I lost, I want to say, 
10 pounds. So I was like 163 and I got down to like 152. And I was like, I don't want to gain this weight back. I lost so good weight. I don't want to gain it back. So I know what's the easiest thing to do. So I said, okay, I'm just going to cut out the major carbs. So like bread, pasta, rice, and potatoes. And I just did that. And I went down more But I also did that in which I was real adamant was I've struggled for years with ankle and leg swellness, like lower look. And no one could tell me I've gotten ultrasounds and I've gotten CAT scans to make sure I don't have any blood clots. And no one could tell me, no one, my kidney doctor, no one could tell me. And when I did that, my ankles didn't swell, like when I stopped eating the carbs. And so I was like, wait carbs turn into sugar. And I was like, I don't have diabetes, but my body can't process sugar the way everyone else does. And okay. so it causes the fluid retention. And so I said, okay. So with that, when the world opened back up, I was down to 140, but I was nothing. I downloaded all the home workout apps. And so I would wake up in the morning, do a workout, before I went to bed, do a workout. So I was doing that also when we were locked in our house. (laughs) (laughs) I lost this weight, but I just was like a string bean. I lost everything. I lost my boobs. I lost everything. I was (laughs) like a stick. And so as soon as the gyms opened up, I got back in the gym. And just from there, I was just addicted. (laughs) I see results. You can't get me to eat a cheesesteak or eat cheese fries. Or it's like, no. I can't. Do you see? Do you see what's going on here in my life? (laughs) (laughs) I look good, right? You're looking good. But I bet you're feeling even better. I am. I am. You do feel a difference if I do have those cheat meals because I love everything bad. I'm not a person where it's, oh, I'm just a sweets person or no, I'm just a chip person or no. I love everything. Like (laughs) I Cakes, cookies, candy, donuts, fried food. I I love everything. So that's where I guess I'm relatable because when people come to me to work out or at tips, I feel your pain because it's a daily struggle every day. No doubt. You get the people that are like, I don't eat that garbage. I don't eat fast food. Yeah, okay. I love Burger King. I love McDonald's. I don't care. I love it all. Okay. (laughs) I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. I love checkers. I love everything. I love everything. (laughs) You're cracking me up. I am addicted to fast food and I moved recently and I feel like I need to reset. So I have not had fast food since I've lived in Lexington. I'm in Kentucky now from Orlando and I don't feel like weighted anymore, but it's hard. It's hard to go past there. It's easy and it tastes delicious. And it just, it hurts me though. And I can feel it. Like you said, the swelling. And for me, that's the sodium, Uh, but so many other things. And I am so against the diet culture and everything, I really want to promote the feeling good part of all of it because we need to focus on that because whether I weigh a lot or I weigh less, it's about how I feel about myself too, mentally. So part of the, the, 
the struggle bus, it sounded like that you were on was that you had a child. And I know that one of your core values is family in your daughter, in your relationship. It just seems so special to me. Can you tell us about what that's like for you with your daughter? Yes. So after I had her, I didn't know what MS was. Before I had her, the Copaxin, I was very stable. And I literally focused more on my kidney disease more than the MS because once I got the Copaxin, I was stable for me. I was like, okay, I'm good. But then after I had her, literally my body went haywire and my whole left side went numb. So yeah, I could not lift my left leg up off the floor like that much. Not even a couple inches. Wow. So they put me on steroids and that was another thing. So they put me on intravenous steroids. Nurses came to the house. She was crawling on the floor and I have the IV in my arm and I'm with her and my ex-husband, why he's my, one of the reasons why he's my ex-husband, it wasn't supportive. Like, mm-hmm. wasn't a big deal. And that's an issue that, and I know I'm not the only person that struggles with this that has MS because the outside world can look at me and forget that I'm sick, but the people that are close to me sh- should not forget, especially someone who lives in my household. Yeah. And so that is a daily struggle that with MS, you may look fine, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but with her, yeah, she's just been with me. We've been joined at the hip since she was born. <laughs> I always have her with me. I'm the kind of person where people always said, when you have a child, it's going to change your life and you're not going to be able to do things that you used to do. And da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> literally, she was, I'm an actress. So I have pictures of her. My acting coach is like her uncle. I have pictures of him holding her and we're in acting class while I'm doing exercises or doing whatever. I was back on stage, I think, when she was seven months, seven, eight months. And Literally, I'm doing tech rehearsal and I'm holding her, feeding her bottle while I'm doing tech rehearsal on stage. There's been times where I couldn't get a babysitter the day of the show and we're taking turns while I'm on stage. Somebody's watching her in the dressing room and then I come off stage and then I've brought her out for curtain calls. If she's here, she comes out with me. (laughs) (laughs) So she's got the acting bug in her too, I bet you. No, yeah, that's where her part. Yeah, I mean, she's her personality. I can't even get mad at her. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's honestly, yeah. <laughs> she's got a big personality, just like her mom. Yeah. And I, I just see you guys together, and it just seems like such a special bond. And what I love about when I see her is that she seems so free. Mm-hmm. She has no inhibitions. And I think that that's a testament to the way you're bringing her up because you yourself are a very strong lady and you don't pull any punches. You don't hold back on anything. And she is seeing that as her role model and she is possessing those same qualities. It's really nice. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, through, okay, come here, you can say hi and then we're done. Okay. You got to go back and watch your cartoons, okay? Hi, gorgeous. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> we were. Okay. I know you didn't hear me, but can you go watch cartoons and I'll be done in a second? Okay. Okay. Love you. 
Okay. It's so cute. So I've always, when I was younger, I always had a big personality. And I remember if I was too friendly, I was extra. You're so extra. You're so hype. You're so, you know, so then... I was like, okay. So then I turned to quiet Ronnie, not saying anything. And I, and then it was, oh, you're conceited because I'm not saying anything. Oh, you're quiet. You're, you're conceited. You think you're better than everybody. So then I realized like you can't win. So just be yourself and I don't care. And so with me learning that through my life, I tried to make sure that she is herself and genuinely herself all the time, like all the time. You be you, you don't follow anybody. You focus on yourself, being yourself, if they like you, if they don't. And that is it. And I'm putting that in her nail. I'm trying to put that confidence in her nail because I know how kids can be. I work with children. Kids hurt people, hurt people. And I see that even like the children that I deal with children that have ADHD, autism, oppositional defiant disorder. I deal with all the children, quote unquote, that are quote unquote bad. And I'm not gonna label them bad. I'm not labeling them. This is what society will call them. But there's a reason for their behavior. And so I know those people were hurt and they attack me because they see something that they don't have. And I realized again, later in life, I get it now. It is not easy to be outgoing. It's not easy to just be open. And when you walk into a room, that energy, when people gravitate to you, everybody doesn't have that. And sometimes people are jealous of that. And if they're jealous, they will try to tear it down. And I realized that because a lot of people will be like, Ronnie, your energy, your energy, your energy. And I'm like, what? What do you mean my energy? Okay. (laughs) Okay. But I get it. And a lot of people say that about her. Oh my God, Gray's a vibe. I love her energy. She's just, oh, give me more, give me more gray. And she has that. And mm. since I, I've recognized it, I make sure that I try to put that in her. No one dims your light. No one. Be you and be yourself at all times. She just had her dance recital. And she's, at, I don't know if you ever saw the meme where it's like a row of kids in ballet class. And then it's, they're all standing still. And then it's this one kid that's like hanging upside down and making... And I'm like, that's her. That's her. So she's on stage and she's with her tutu on, like just being silly. And my ex-husband, he was like, hey, Gray, you got to chill. And I said, don't you tell her that. I said, there's going to be enough people in the world telling Mm -hmm. her not to be herself. That will never come from our house, like ever. It's not going to come from you and it's not going to come from me, ever. And so I instantly was like, don't you say that. But that's great, man. That is so great because she needs that. That's going to lift her up. That's going to give her the confidence she needs. And I heard you say earlier, there was a time when a cane could have been in your life and who knows what's going to happen. And so we need to make sure that that is not going to impact our personality. It's not going to stop us from being us. I mean, I'm not someone who loves to draw attention to myself, but at the same time, that's going to help me. That's a tool. It's a tool to help me. And I know that if that ever happened, that she, as your daughter, would be okay with it. Yes. I wrote a one-woman show, and it was about my life from when I was born to when I graduated college. And that I'm writing part two now of 
the adult Ronnie. So right after college to what you see in front of you now. And towards the, the last scene was I was sexually assaulted when I was a senior in college. I was home for Christmas break and I got robbed at gunpoint and he sexually assaulted me. So I'll never forget. I, yeah. <laughs> so I was literally in the hospital and I'm getting the the kit. You know, they're making sure I did testing me for everything. Yeah. And I remember it was right then where I don't know why, but it was like other alternative endings were going through my head. He could have killed me. He could have did this. He could have took me somewhere. He could have gave me AIDS. He could have like, it was like so many things were going through my head. And I was like, oh, I'm glad. I don't know if I'd have been able to handle that stuff. Mm, mm-hmm. with so it's like, I'm always from that point on, I've always been thankful for the problem that I have because I know it can be worse. I can picture, so like with MS, people are like, oh my God, you're, no, I'm fine. Because I know there's people that are in pain, that have pain issues, that are in walkers, that are in wheelchairs, that are simply like just getting worse and they don't know what to do and no medicine is actually working for them. I've met someone that's on Okravich and I'm ramping and raving about Okravich and it is not done anything for her. And so I'm thankful for the issues and problems that I have because I don't know what I would do if I had that problem or that problem. So I'm just always thankful for whatever. I'm never like, why is this happening to me? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm human. So if someone breaks my heart, I'm like, God, Jesus, when are you going to send me a good man? When is it it coming? I can't take it. (laughs) We have the, I have those moments. <laughs> sure, sure. Yes, I, I can relate. Yeah, right. But <laughs> ultimately, I'm just like, okay, thank you, God. You know, thank you. I'll take this. Yeah. And I think that speaks a lot to having some perspective on all of life. And you've seen, you've felt, you've had different times when things were not as good as they currently are. And so you know what that can feel like. And I hate that it took going through those things. This really isn't all that bad at the end of the day. You do a lot of things to help yourself out. And one of those things is staying very active. So you work with kids, you're an actress, you do so much. What else is going on in your life? So from me working out, people were coming up, they come up to me constantly, like the gym and there's just like, no, are you a personal trainer? Are you a personal trainer? I was getting that a lot. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm the kind of person where I'm not like this, these, how these, you know, new age people where they do something once and then they put it in their bio on Instagram and they claim the title. It's yes. Like, yeah. I am. (laughs) Have you had any training, any education? I don't know. Have you worked in that? (laughs) So so literally when people were coming up to me and I'm like, and it was at a weird moment in my life now, I'm 43. Literally, I can't work with kids forever because it's demanding. I can't be wrestling with one of my autistic clients and he's trying to lope from this, you know, school or I have a kid that's throwing chairs. I can't do that at 50. So what is the next step? And of course, I do love acting. It is a passion. I'm like, realistically, I'm not moving out LA. I'm not, I'm grown up. I'm not going to sit there 
and we're not doing it. Give it up. Like, so I'm just like, what am I going to do? And then it just clicks. This lady came, I was literally walking to my car and this lady comes up to me and she's like, are you a trainer? And I'm like, no. She's like, well, you need to be because you, I watch you and you are killing it. And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, oh, wait, okay. Maybe this is, okay, God, maybe this is it. All right. Maybe. Okay. And so I found a personal training school literally around the corner from my house, like around the corner from my house. Everything just fell into place. And it's, you don't get certified. It's a diploma. So it was just like, yeah. everything is, oh, this is the right decision. This is the right decision. This is the right decision. So with that, so I'm in personal training school. I'll be done in December. I'll be finished. And then I'll be a personal trainer and I'll have my diploma in personal training. And so my next goal after that is to open a gym, but I'm really like a studio where I can train people. But I really want to focus on people that have conditions like MS, people that have maybe scoliosis. Yes, that's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because my friend, and a lot of people don't like me, I'm an open book. So when I'm working out with somebody before I was even thinking about being a trainer, I would tell people I don't have MS, so I can't do that. But a lot of people don't disclose their medical issues when they're training. So my friend has scoliosis and she's like, I have her doing all this back stuff and she's like, oh, I hurt my back. And I'm like, wow. She's like, we don't have scoliosis. I'm like, why didn't you say that? What is wrong with you? I want to have you do half of those exercises. So I want to specialize in that. A friend of mine, she has MS as well. And when you look at her, she has muscles popping out everywhere. Like you would think she's the strongest person in the world, but she's not. I'm actually stronger than her. And she has way more muscles than I do. And so I was able to work with her on learning, no, you, your hip is weak. And that's what I had when I went through my relapse. So we work on strengthening her hip and the strength in her hip and her hip flexors. We work on her balance and we do a lot of isolated. So because I know and I'm able to figure out her issues, I'm able to help her. And I want to be able to help a lot of people that have these neurological issues where other people don't know. Like, for example, even in my personal training class, we have to train each other. We do an exercise where we train each other. And my classmate, he literally has me going from squats to like some other leg exercise. And I was like, sweetheart, I have MS. So my muscles get exhausted way faster than normal people. So you have to break it up. Like you have to, if I'm doing legs, my next exercise has to be arms or back or something else, just not legs. I need that rest before I go back to legs. I can't do it back to back. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, my fault. I'm sorry. And people don't know that. These trainers don't know that. So it would be comforting to deal with another lady I met in the gym. She has MS. The trainer at the gym had her doing something and she's like shaking, like she's like wobbling. And I hear him tell her, oh, you know, it's all right. You're, you'll get it. But not giving her the reason why she's doing it. And so I went up to her. I said, your legs are weak. It's fine. Just build up your strength. And the stronger you get, the less you'll wobble on that. And she's like, really? I'm like, yes, I used to do the same thing. And now I'm stronger. You'll be fine. And that gave her the confidence. She yeah. didn't feel like a loser in her <laughs> session, you know? And she was like, oh my God. I was like, look, I have MS. And she, she was like, you know, I have MS. I'm like, I do too. She was like, what? And I was like, yeah, she does too. Cause I was like working out my girlfriend who has MS. I'm like, she does too. She's like, really? I was like, mm-hmm. I was like you'll be fine. Just, just keep doing what you're doing and just keep working. You'll be fine. She was like, oh my God. 
But having that experience and having walked in her shoes, pretty much, I don't know if that's a really good analogy, but having been living in her right. shoes, I guess I should say, it's, right. you know, it's different. Again, with that perspective thing, right? Because if you haven't had the experience, it's hard to know what it is that that person is going through. And right. I don't know about you, but when I'm when I walk a little ways, even a little ways, my legs start tingling. Now, if okay. I'm hot, it's way way worse if it's hot outside. And as soon as I come in and I relax and I chill, it goes away. Okay. But it can be scary, those feelings. And if you're working out and all of a sudden, like you were saying, her legs are shaking. You're like, do I keep going? Do I keep pushing myself? Do I try another exercise and come back to this? What does that look like? So your experience is really telling. And it's crazy because I guess I just, my threshold is a little bit higher. I did the Broad Street Run, which is 10 miles. I don't know who told me and why, but (laughs) My body shut down. My legs shut down at five miles. Like, I was done. And I literally struggled the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, my ex-boyfriend, every corner, I would have to bend down and stretch my groin out. And then I would stand up, and he would have to straighten me out because I was bent over. Oh. And by the next corner, I was bent down again. I would be hunched over, and then I would have to do it every for five miles. I was the last person. I was literally like second to last to finish this race. It took me three hours, but I finished. And so I know now my max is like four miles is okay, sit down. So I did a on Mother's Day and it was like three and a half miles. And I started to feel that feeling again where my legs feel like their weights, like yeah. can't lift them. So then I'm going to fall because I can't lift my legs up. So that tripping, I'm constantly tripping. And I fell towards the end and like, <laughs> in like mud. I got up and I finished, but it was a point where you can't even, it's hard to do anything, to run, to skip, to shuffle anything. I can't do anything. So I know now that's my threshold. No matter how strong mm-hmm. I am, no matter what, that's it. MS, I can't, can't do it. No matter what I train, is I'm never going to run a marathon and I have to be cool with it. I'm never going to run a marathon. It's never going to happen. <laughs> but you're running still. Right. You're not saying, well, because I can't do that. I just should stop. And right. No. So my curiosity is now Gray is what? Six, five? How old is she? She'll be seven in two weeks. Okay. Yep, All right. Oh, she's getting so big. Okay. So how much of this do you share with her? What do you tell her when she sees things like this? So I'm just honest. I know what her brain can and cannot handle. So I'll just tell her. So she was at the race. And so my aunt was like, when I was taking the muddy clothes off before I could get back in the car, but I needed help. I had to, I would lift up my leg and then she would take off the pants. So she just, I'm just helping mommy, you know, like she's just like, this is life. It's not thing. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. That's it. I can't stress over things I can't change. I can't change it. This is what it is. So am I going to sit around and cry about it or move about, or I'm going to try my best to make it better, to do things, to try to make it better, to push, to make it better. And that's it. I'm a Sagittarius. So we're fixers. I'm a fixer. And some people don't like it. My ex, why he's my ex. One of the reasons is (laughs) I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen. And I'm like, okay. But after I listen, 
the problem is still there. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm there. I'm like, okay, what are we doing about it? Mm-hmm. Life, by me being a mother and being a single mom, she's a kid. She does not care about anything. She cares about if she turns the light on, the lights come on. She hits the switch. She opens the refrigerator. It's food in there. I go outside. I have a coat. She doesn't care how it happens. So my life doesn't stop because of a problem. I have to figure it out because of her. I'm taking care of another human being. So my life doesn't stop. And does that ever get overwhelming for you? Oh, yeah. And what do you do? Got up, you know, good. So uh, people always, you know, (laughs) my mom, my grandmother passed away and we had to, this is not funny, but it is funny. My family, we are like, (laughs) we are like, the essential. If it's funny, it's funny. We don't care where it is, what's happening. It's funny, it's funny. My sister gets up to talk about my grandma and she can't get through this speech. She's crying. She's like, so I was like, all right, you know, because I'm the strong one in the family. So I get up and I'm like, I'm gonna finish it. And I couldn't, the first word, I'm <laughs> so now we're at the repast. And my mom was like, and then you sit there, we're sitting there trying to hold it together. And the person that never cries, Start crying. You make a nail. We're all crying now because Ronnie's crying. Like, nobody goes to Ronnie. Like, so now we're sitting like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's sorry. I love my grandma. I can't do this right now. <laughs> but it's, yeah. So I'm a person. And I was like, I do cry. She's like, no, you don't. I'm like, I do. Then I realized I cry by myself. And it's not on purpose. It's definitely not on purpose. It's just when I'm going through something, I'm nine times out of 10 by myself. So I cry it out and then I'm instantly on fix it mode. Okay. So even like breakups, one of my friends, she's, I'm not like you, Ronnie. I just can't just get over stuff. And I was like, okay, so just because I'm not crying in your face and every time I call you and you answer the phone, I'm like, hi, okay. Just because I'm not like that, it doesn't mean that I'm, over somebody or I kicked them to the curb. It's just, I know my process. So that's the way I try to figure out. I'm instant mode trying to figure out what happens. And yes, I'll have a moment where I'm just crying. I'm literally like, God, give me the strength. But then it's just, I'm okay. I actually, I talk to myself like, all right, you got it out. And I might do it again the next week and I might cry. And then the, a little bit ago, you mentioned just being thankful for different things. And I think that really helps too when you have that in the back of your mind that it could be worse. Yeah, it was literally real quick. I was literally like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh my God, I'll be 44 this year. I have a daughter. Oh my God, I'm divorced. I'm not going to find a man. Da, 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 da. You know, I'm just like, is there any good men out here? You know, I'm just talking to myself. And then I watch, I love the Kardashians. I'm sorry. I love them to death. So I'm watching their show. I love them. So now I'm watching them. And then I see Chloe, who, (laughs) as her child, she just had another one with the same guy who cheated on her for the sixth time. Then you got Kim, who's just broke up with Pete. She got like 100 kids. I'm like, you know what? It could be worse. You know what? (laughs) They getting through it. They smiling through it. So all right, I'm good. I got hope. She's look like she got hope. I'm going to have hope too. I like it. You're looking for inspiration wherever you can get it. And if it's the Kardashians, then so be it. I got to be honest. I love them too. (laughs) 
they just get a frame. I love them. <laughs> so, all right. I want to thank you so much for being here and just want to recap what all the great things that you shared with us. Just be yourself. You be you. Nobody yes. dims your light. I think that that is just special and a mantra even. Pay attention to the signs because they can come from anywhere. Even the lady running out of the gym, crying it out and be yep. a fixer. And if you are that way, embrace it and don't let people say, don't do it. Right. Embrace the fixing. So I'm so happy for you and your newfound love of training and all of these things. This is so exciting. And I've been following you on Instagram for the past couple of years, and I see what you do, and you are just relentlessly trying to make your life better. Yes. And whether it's fulfilling a goal or it's making sure your body works or being the most amazing single mom, I think you're killing it, lady. Tell people where they can find you so they can reach out. Yeah, so it's very simple. It's my name. My name is just on all platforms. So it's Ronnie, spelled like Roni, R-O-N-I. That My nickname was Rice Roni all the time. And then Graham, like Graham Cracker, G-R-A-H-A-M. I have to say that because people say G-R-A-M. So it's Graham, like Graham Cracker. So Ronnie Graham on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I mean, I'm a talker, but I'm not a typer. Like I don't have much to say on Twitter. So I'm on Facebook and on Instagram right now. Awesome. Reach out to her. See, I thought you were going to say Tenderoni. Tenderoni, Ricearoni. I got it. <laughs> Your name is it short for Rhonda? Is it short for Veronica? I'm like, no. And there she is right there. Hey, Gray, I'll give you your mom back. Yes. <laughs> so wonderful. Hi, Gray, honey. All right. Well, I really appreciate you joining us today on the show. And everybody, come on, reach out to Ronnie and you can see all of the great things. You will be inspired, trust and believe. Thanks, everybody. Oh, and we could do it. Yeah. Just We just try every day. We just wake up. We make a mistake. We just wake up and try harder. That's yeah. all. Just try again. Truth and facts. Thank you, guys. And keep thriving. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.